On this episode, we talk Windows 10, Windows 10, and you guessed it, Surface RT. This, this episode, is the we talk Report. Windows 10, Windows 10, and you guessed it, Surface RT. This. Hello, everybody. Now that I've got the mic not no longer muted, this is the Redmond Report, and I am your host, Brad Sam. And yet again, um, as we enter the RTM period of Windows, um, it's been a, it's been another interesting week. And there's been a lot going on. Um, we've got Windows 10 RTM on the horizon. We've got builds coming out. We've got new Surface RT news, or Windows RT. And we've got Windows Phone news. It's just been another crazy week for Microsoft. And so yet again, here we are with uh, the Redmond Report. And this is, let's see, what is today? Today is July 17th, which means the month is half over. Um, fun fact for you, we're closer to Christmas than we are um, 2014, which is kind of, I don't know, kind of food for thought. But you know what? Let's just jump right in here. So Windows 10, um, did it reach RTM this week? That's a, that's a really good question. So what I was initially told here is that the build 240, 10,240, was the build that was going to go out to everybody. And everything started going live and everybody went kind of crazy. And so everybody started running and saying, hey, this is RTM. Now, Microsoft has not officially come out and said, uh, yes, this is the build, but um, based on the internal testing, uh, if this is not the build, it's gonna be super dang close. And we're, um, you know, we're kind of approaching that deadline. So the other interesting thing we gotta keep in mind about Windows RT, or Windows RT, Windows 10, is that Microsoft and its partners um, are gonna be having devices ready to ship from the get-go. There was a report from Bloomberg, um, from Dina Bass, that initially said, no, this is not gonna happen. And having talked with Dina and having worked with Microsoft for quite a while, um, she had an interview with them and they specifically told her, and I, I very much believe this, and they said, we will not have hardware shipping on the 29th or ready for delivery on the 30th that will have the hardware. And then they all of a sudden came back and said, oh, wait, 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 we misspoke. And Microsoft is actually known to do this. If you talk to anybody who covers Microsoft, they will have inevitably um, encountered this at some point during their career. And that's what happened. Microsoft told Bloomberg that they would not have hardware and then all of a sudden, hey, oh, wait, yes, we are. So to avoid any confusion, yes, you can get hardware starting on the 29th, or at least you can order it with delivery um, the 30th, which means that developers or developers, the OEMs must have the bits, right? unless they're gonna be doing something funky where they're gonna say, okay, you can update on that day, but I don't believe that's how they're wording it. They're saying it will ship with Windows 10. So what seems to make the most sense is that yes, these OEMs have all the goods and that they are now loading it onto hardware. So with that in mind, that means that Windows 10 has been released to manufacturing for loading, which makes the build 10,240 seem like the plausible solution for um, what's going to ship. Now we won't actually know until either A, Microsoft very specifically clarifies what build is going out, which they may not do, or until somebody gets their hands on a piece of hardware that's coming hot off um, you know, the assembly lines. Uh, Microsoft is also saying that their hardware, the Surface, will be starting to ship with Windows 10, um, I believe, right away. So here we are with Microsoft not confirming that they have hit RTM, which they may not do right away. Uh, we have OEM partners saying, hey, we're going to ship it, which means that they do have the bits. And it, it, 
it's you got to understand that Windows is a new beast these days. It's not what we were used to like in the Windows XP days or the Windows Vista or anything else. It's 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 a service. That's the way they're modeling. It. That's the way they're doing their revenue recognition, and that's the way that everything else is going on. And so, because something hits RTM, does not mean it's the end. It, it just means that okay, we've hit a milestone. But because it's a service, we're going to keep continuing updating it. And the days of yesterday, where if a bug is shipped, it's going to have to go through Windows Update and all this other stuff, and it's the end of the road, no longer exists. And and it's a good thing for Microsoft, right? They can be more dynamic in how they deliver updates. They can be um, more lively with what's going on. And yes, for the people who can hear my dog in the background, I believe uh, a Lumia 640XL just showed up at my house. It was supposed to be here a couple days ago, but um, it got lost. But yes, that was my dog um, going crazy because... Actually, FedEx did not ring the doorbell. They just opened my door and dropped it and walked away. But anyways, back to Windows 10. So what's going on is they can now just service it as needed. It's A lot of it's app-based. So if there's bugs in the apps, they just push them down through the store. Um, everything else, like even Cortana, if there's a bug with Cortana, it's all on the back end unless it's in the shell Chrome. But I don't believe there's much uh, many bugs in the actual UI components that are in the OS. And so this idea of Windows hitting RTM, yes, it, it is a milestone, but it's not the milestone of yesterday. And kind of this kind of just rolls into the second point here of updates. Um, if you've been reading the internet lately, there's been this kind of crazy idea that you can't opt out of Windows updates. And depending on who you ask, it's either a good thing or it's a very, very bad thing if you cannot opt in or opt out of updates. Let's just take it from both both sides here, shall we? So the good thing about not being able to opt in or out of updates is that for your parents, you don't have to worry about their machine. You just know that it's going to be updated. Everything is just gonna work. Well, it should work. Um, this is Microsoft after all. Everything should just kind of update. The machine should stay healthy. It should be on the, you know, on the bleeding edge, as long as you're a consumer, that is, and you're not using Windows Update for business. But for the consumer side, it should just update and chug along and, and keep those machines that aren't used by technical savvy people um, relevant, right? You're not going to be stuck on an older version of Windows. And that's that's the picture that Microsoft wants to paint here. The the downside, and depending on who you ask, it, it's there's a couple issues. A lot of people have pointed out drivers. Drivers are a big issue uh, because Microsoft doesn't necessarily control them all that well and they get pushed out through updates. So there could be issues uh, with drivers where you get a bad driver pushed down to you. There could be other issues where we have seen Windows updates that are not good. Um, there was one, I believe it was in August of last year that kind of botched a lot of systems. Um, and Microsoft took a lot of heat for that. And they've actually had a couple updates that came out and they were installed just by consumers on day one on Patch Tuesday. And all of a sudden, here we are with machines that are no longer working. Um, <clears throat> so it's an interesting idea that Microsoft is just forcing this upon everybody. We'll see if anybody figures out a clever way for the Windows 10 Home users to um, at least delay the option. But I, I think I'm more in favor of the automatic updates because I think, it, and I, I say this with the caveat, as long as the updates are good, clean, and just kind of install with no issues, that's fine. As long as Microsoft can keep that mentality that the patches are coming out clean, I think this model is good. That's with that the heavy caveat that they don't have the issues of yesterday. So 
So we'll see what happens here, folks. It's going to be a really, really interesting time. And um, this new model, it's a new servicing model. It's a new update model. And speaking of a new update model, they pushed out build 10240 to insiders during the week. And if you have not installed this build, I highly recommend that you do. It is extremely stable. Um, it's it's a good build. You should put it on anything. Um, at this point, there's no real issue um, that I have had. And I am trying this on um, several different machines, including the Pro 3. Let's see, <clears throat> I have it on a Surface 3, Pro 3, and XPS 13, and also the uh, laptop that they gave away build. Um, oh, going back to the automatic updates here, um, in the chat room brings up a good point. It says people in India who have limited bandwidth um, and don't want to spend a lot of data, these automatic updates could be an issue. That's a very good point. That is a, that's a good point I did not consider. And for that, that's a, uh, an interesting an interesting dynamic, actually, at the end of the day, because data caps are becoming very relevant. Um, I actually know people who have 10 gigs a month, and they don't actually have home internet. Now they are older users, and they just need the relevant uh, emails and occasional browsing. So for those users who are on Windows and only have a 10 gigs per month, because that's all they pay for, um, yeah, Windows 10 could be an issue. That's a very good point. But anyways, the build 10240, throw it on whatever you want. It's a good machine. It's a really, or it's a good build. It's a really solid, stable build. Um, there are some bugs people have been reporting where things are not working on the Windows Store. But um, yeah, it, it runs quite well. And so the question becomes, is 10,240 the end of the road for the Insider program? Um, this actually got asked a lot. People were saying, okay, I've got build 10,240. Are we done with Insiders? Absolutely not. Um, I, I've spoken with Gabe a couple times about this, and they haven't completely clarified on what they're going to do post-RTM. But they have two options here. Going forward after July 29th, and, and Gabe should be posting a note here, I would imagine, in the near future. So after, after the 29th, there's two ways they're going to approach the Insider program. They are either going to discontinue to push out rapid-fire updates like they did, or they may actually move to a rigid release model. And there's benefits and, and cons there's pros and cons to both of these so the benefits of a rigid release model and what that means is like let's say the second tuesday or that's probably a bad day second wednesday of every month they're going to push about push out a new build um somebody sorry somebody asked in the comments as the eula talks about apps will this include auto updates to store apps um store apps are technically already auto updated they generally update in the background you can manually stop them but if you are running an older version of an app, um, it will, uh, it should auto update through the store. But that's that's pretty standard functionality that is just going to do it in the background. But anyways, back to the Windows Insider program. So they can go to this rigid release model that says on the second Wednesday of every month we are going to push out a build. And there's there's a couple benefits to this. It's that insiders will have a very predictable model of when they are going to get a Windows 10 release, which is great which is, you know, it makes it really, really easy to say, okay, you know what, it's been four weeks, I'm going to go update, or they can go to a two-week model, they can do whatever they want. Um, but there's a big problem with this type of a model, and the reason is, is that internally at Microsoft, then developers will start building and doing work around this cycle of saying, okay, you know what, on the th I know on that day of the month, I have to have certain stuff done, and then they start playing for the deadline. 
which is not a way you want the developers to be working. You want the developers just to work in a fluid release cycle, which means that they're always just pushing ahead as fast as they possibly can, rather than pushing for the deadline of the insider release. So which is the second model, which is when there's a good build that comes along, they're just going to push it out. Uh, like if you remember towards the end of June, they actually pushed out three builds in one week, which was kind of crazy. But at the same time, that's what you can kind of expect, right? It would make sense that uh, every build of Windows 10 now should be pretty stable, right? There shouldn't be anything crazy. There shouldn't be any really bad bugs. So they could go to a model where they're releasing this stuff really, really quickly. But there is a fine balance of pushing things out you know, every week versus every day uh, just to keep insiders happy. And they need feedback too on each release so that they know what to push out to eventually the consumers. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I suspect Microsoft was going to clarify exactly what's going to happen. Hopefully, they, my hope and my expectation is that they're going to stay to a fluid release cycle where they're just going to push out things kind of at a non-cadence, just as-is type mentality, which is what I think is for the... I genuinely think that is the better solution at the end of the day, is just do it when it's done, keep the developers happy. But the downside to this model, which... Um, Microsoft has communicated is that when they go to just a fluid release cycle, they have to check to see what's new in each release. And it's not always easy to do that quickly. Um, if you've noticed, sometimes builds come out and we find things buried deep down that weren't um, announced in the blog post or talked about. It's because they just compile these builds and say, you know what, this one's going out. And then they send out a message and say, hey, what's new in this build that we should be aware of? And um, sometimes they get all the information, sometimes they don't. So that's kind of the, the downside to this fluid release cycle is that sometimes there's things in these releases that they haven't talked about, and if they don't catch them, then all of a sudden new things are pushed out. Obviously, the large items are generally picked up upon, but if they're going to put some under-the-cover changes, um, some change in settings, or give you more op options, they may, not, um, they may not get that. So that's kind of the downside, and like I said, um, just make sure you pay attention to what's going on. Um, especially if you're an insider, because you've got a couple options coming up. If you're an insider right now, you need to determine whether or not you are going to stay in the program and, and take these new releases, or <clears throat> if you are going to jump out of the insider rings and go to the consumer path. I'm suspecting that if you're already in the insider program, you're going to want to stay, right? You've already shown that you're willing to run a pre-released OS. You're already showing that you like new features, even if they're not 100% ready. So why jump out now? If you're not going to jump out, you don't really need to do anything. You're, you're going to have um, a copy of Windows 10 that works. It should be pretty much stable from here on out. Um, I guess we could get an odd build every once in a while. But if you're really concerned about that, just, you know, just opt to the slow ring and you should be pretty much fine. Um, and then if you do jump out, just please be aware that your key, you are going to need to actually have a valid license. Um, Right now, if you installed a fresh ISO, your keys might be an issue. Um, so just be aware that if you do jump out of the Insider program, you will need a valid Windows 7 or 8 key. Um, and, and I suspect that's going to be, could be an issue for some people trying to go back to their OEM OS and whatnot. And then the other, the other large elephant in the room that hasn't been addressed too much that I think is going to be a surprise to some people <clears throat> is there are going to be people who wake up and just have suddenly have Windows 10 on their machine. Now, we know there's going to have to walk through some sort of update process, but because Microsoft is going so 
so aggressively with this stuff, putting the icon on uh, Windows 8 and 7 saying, hey, you know what, here, reserve your free copy. It's great, right? And there's going to be people who just click through this stuff and who already have, and they've got this stuff um, set up for Windows 10. And then they're going to come in and they're going to click through and say, oh, this is just another Microsoft update. And if you don't believe me this is happening, um, it will. Consumers are very just they see Microsoft brand names and they just click through because they assume it's some sort of security update and it happens all the time. It's why when you see malware look like Microsoft content, they're trying to initiate the same behavior. And that's what's going to happen. People are just going to come up, they're going to click through and we're they're all of a sudden they're going to have Windows 10 on their machine and it's going to be a big shock to them. It's not going to be as big of a shock as Windows 8, but the highest hitting posts on Neon um generally speaking, are some of those icon changing posts. Like we would just talk about icons changing. Consumers in general are extremely ignorant when it comes to updating an interface. They like what they had, they don't like what's new, and it takes time to adopt. And so going from let's say Windows 7 to Windows 10, it's Microsoft likes to use the term, it's similar but new or something to that effect. Um, I'll have more to talk about that um, here in about two weeks or so, what their their marketing point is. But they're going to have these consumers who just all of a sudden are on Windows 10. And I've been having this conversation quite a bit with Microsoft, and I'm really curious to see if consumers who did not want to go to Windows 8, who got forced, for lack of a better term, got forced into Windows 10, are going to feel betrayed by Microsoft. And I take the, I'm very serious about this because there's consumers out there who looked at Windows 8 and said, I don't like that. I'm not going to put that on machine. And then all of a sudden, Microsoft, even though they gave them some warnings and some minor heads up, Microsoft very proactively pushed Windows 10 upon the consumer. And it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how people react. Now, if you're listening to this, you're not going to be one of those people who are surprised or scared or, or whatever. But for somebody like my parents, somebody who's not in tune, um, it's crazy what's going to happen. And I don't think Microsoft, either they knew this and they're just ignorant to the idea and they said, you know what, we can't have another Windows XP and we have to be aggressive about this to secure our future. And so we're just going to we're going to do this. We're going to try to give them some heads up and say, you know what, reserve your copy of Windows 10. But there's going to be people out there, and it's going to be a large group. When you figure there's 1.5 billion Windows users out there, 60% of them are running Windows 7 rough numbers. That's a large group of people who are just going to get Windows 10 pushed down upon them. It's going to be really, really interesting. I can't... Apple doesn't do this. Nobody else really does this. It's kind of similar to the phone model, I guess, where... Your phone just gets updated to new builds, um, new releases automatically where you're, it's, you don't, I mean, you can hit ignore forever. But this Windows 10, it, it looks different. There's a lot of new features, which aren't bad. It, it's not, I'm not trying to say that Windows 10 is bad, but you have to understand that people don't like change. Um, when we relaunch Neowind, um, if you don't, if you like the site layout now, uh, well, I'm happy for you, but people hated the new, the way Neowind looks. We got a ton of negative feedback. And people wanted us to go back to our old way. If you go look back at our old site using like Google Cache or whatever, it, it's so dated. And you can't imagine that we would go back to that. But people were so against the change. It's been about a year now. And it seems like everybody's finally on board. 
but I can't imagine what Microsoft is going to go through when they when they change the start bar to like a black for these people, and they all of a sudden they interject Cortana onto these people's taskbar, and which takes up a large space. Now, don't get me wrong; you can right mouse click and adjust this stuff. But again, imagine the brand new Windows 7 user going from Windows 7 to 10 who knows nothing about the OS other than what they've maybe seen on the internet um, through like an advertisement or maybe during the world news. Their OS is going to look different. It will functionality feel similar, but it's going to look different. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. And it's going to be... It's going to be interesting, so just kind of kind of watch out for this stuff. Um, now, that, with that being said, on July 29th, it's not like every single machine in the world is going to get this build push to them. Um, Microsoft has already stated that they're going to do a staged rollout, which I think is the appropriate way to do it, starting with insiders. And then they're going to monitor the feedback and blah, blah, blah. And if your machine isn't uh, up to specs, which if you have a bad driver or a bad card that's not going to support Windows 10, it's going to be a bad experience. Microsoft will actually block you from getting it through this program, which I think is a smart approach. So <clears throat> in theory, again, the people who do get Windows 10 forced down their throat through this model should have a good um, like performance experience. But that user interface is going to be really, really interesting. But we could dwell on this stuff forever, and I probably will, um, again, because I guarantee it's going to come back up. But there's many things to talk about, more so on Windows 10. Um, specifically, if you would like a USB drive, you can now pre-order one through Amazon. And it's just the, it's priced exact same, 110 for nine, or 119 for home, 199 for pro. And um, the interesting thing about this, uh, these pages going up on Amazon is that they actually had a, um, a shipping date of middle of August. So, so um, somebody asked, are we, are we live, Brad? It says, yes, you should be live. Um, there's uh, about 100 people listening right now. So <clears throat> um, starting with this stuff, there are... Sorry, totally lost my train of thought. In middle of August is the shipping date for Windows 10, these USB drives. So if you actually do buy them, do not expect to get them the next day unless <clears throat> Amazon is going to come back in and, and the seller updates. But as of right now, it looks like there's a bit of lag. Which isn't too surprising, I guess, if you think about it. Because there's a lot of digital options to actually just go and download the ISO <clears throat> and download the bits. So that's probably where they're expecting most people to come from. But I know that having the physical media to some people is very, very important, um, just so they can load it on several different machines, and we can, you know, get up and running like that. So just keep in mind that if you do order it from Amazon, check to make sure the shipping date. Um, they might update it, but the, there could be lag, significant, significant in relative terms, <clears throat> from what insiders are used to. Um, there could be a bit of lag just because Microsoft actually has to physically manufacture these things. So yeah, so just be aware of that if that's what you're looking for. Um, I was actually in New York City this week hanging out with Paul and um, Peter Wright and a couple other journalist writers and stuff, and we got to talking about the Surface Pro 4. And <clears throat> Microsoft has been really, really quiet about this stuff. And then Intel pushed out a new press release this week, which is really, really interesting if you read it specifically. And they're talking about their new Skylake processor. At this point, if Microsoft comes out with the Surface Pro 4 and it's running a Broadwell chip, I, I think it's going to be an issue. 
I really do because it's it's an old chip now. I, I mean, old again in the terms of we know Skylake is right around the corner, and so you start poking around the Microsoft fires, and it it seems like it's almost certain that the Pro Four is going to have to have the Skylake um, processor to some degree in it. Now, how Microsoft goes about it, that'll be interesting to see. But if you look at Microsoft's past, um, and past meaning this spring. Microsoft was able to get the Intel Atom Cherry Trail into the Surface 3 before anybody else on the market. They were first. So, which means that Microsoft already has kind of a, a good connection, to no surprise. Um, they work very closely with Intel on many, many different things. And so, <clears throat> they were able to grab the Cherry Lake processor and be the first to market with it in their own hardware. If you think about that and look at Skylake, it's like, wow. I bet they can do the same thing with Skylake. I bet they can get that into the Pro 4. And if the Surface Pro 4 is anything other than a hero machine when it comes out, meaning it has all the features, then there's going to be an issue. But I, I, I really suspect that the Pro 4 is going to have all the stops pulled out. For example, it should have Windows Hello, the cameras built in. Um, if you have not seen or experienced Windows Hello, I'll have some more on that here in the future. Uh, but it's a great little pro... It's a great tool. It is a... I dare say game changer for the enterprise, but once you have experienced Windows Hello, and I don't want to go too deep into this, um, you will never go back. I, I'm saying that with confidence, that once you have a machine with Windows Hello, you will want it on everything. And when I mean everything, I mean your phone too, which I am of the belief that Microsoft's new flagships should support Windows Hello as well, right? They're just infrared cameras. They're just cameras at the end of the day. So in theory, yes, you can put them into a phone. Yes, it is a secure way of doing things. Yes, Microsoft likes to, to tout security and push that into the enterprise. Um, but when you put Windows Hello on a phone and on a desktop and your whole environment is based on facial recognition, it, it is... A very convenient and secure way to do things. Um, it's great. I'm going to have a lot more to talk about this in the future. I don't want to give away any anything yet. Um, but Windows Hello, just be on the lookout for it. Um, if you are in the market for buying new hardware, it's unfortunately the Dell XPS 13 does not support it. Um, Windows Hello is is pretty cool. It's it's a good piece of kit and it, it appears to work very well. Unfortunately, um, as I'm told, you cannot use a Kinect for it, which seems like a huge, I don't know, mistake, uh, why those two teams were not talking. But if you use the Kinect to log into Xbox, it's a similar experience. But um, again, we'll talk more about that here in, in the future. So what else is going on in the world of Microsoft? Microsoft coming up has a thing on its campus called One Week. If you're not familiar with One Week, it's um, Satya Nadella started this stuff. And what it, what it, and I call it stuff because it's a week of activities at Microsoft that are a deviation from the normal operational activities of a billion dollar company. For example, they have a huge company-wide hackathon where engineers and people with the right skill sets can just say, hey, you know what? I want to go build stuff that I really can't build on other time. And so what they do is Microsoft gives them the resources, gives them a location, and says, hey, you know what? Come and just build things. Just do stuff. And some of these items actually do make it into 
production products. I actually know of a couple of people who are working on teams right now. And so what they're doing, if you see on um, the Twitters or Facebook or whatever, there are actually images of people posting um, of this huge tent structure that Microsoft is building. I mean, it's massive. It's a massive structure that they have coming along. And, um, you know, that's where one week is going to be held. So if you see anything along the lines of what is Microsoft building on campus, and um, somebody just asked a question about multiple users. <clears throat> I, I do know more information about Windows Hello. Um, I will be able to share it in the near future. Um, if you read between the lines, I, I can't go into too much more detail about Windows Hello. Um, but we will we will talk about this in the future. Just trust me. <clears throat> so, yes, you know, people are hitting on it. Um, yes. So, anyways, moving along, so I don't get in trouble about this stuff. So, yeah, one week is coming. Um, expect a lot of press to kind of jump on this stuff. Microsoft may not announce too much out of it, but just keep your eyes open because if you're following Microsoft friends on campus. They generally like to talk about the stuff and you can kind of get it just a little bit of an inside view into the world of Microsoft. And um, it just kind of shows you how, the, how Nadella is, has once again shaken up the, the, the company. And he's doing a lot of good things. I'm actually quite impressed with how bold he is taking the direction of Microsoft. And which kind of leads me back to a conversation I was having with, I believe it was Therat, um during the week, is what would be happening at Microsoft if Balmer was still there? And I don't, there's no good answer for this because this is purely hypothetical. But the things that came out for um, what, you know, what is going on with uh, Office, would they've released Office as quickly? Would they be supporting apps on other platforms as much? Um, I don't know. It's a really good question, just kind of food for thought for you. Just to say, hey, if Microsoft was still going on um, Balmer's path, what, uh, what would happen? Would we have, where would Windows Phone be? Would we still have all the employees who are related to that? Would they still be chunking up phones every five minutes? I don't know. It's a really, really good question. But um, so just kind of looking ahead here, just remember that next week, by the way, if you are a Visual Studio fan, Visual Studio 2015 will finally be coming um, to market. Uh, and when I say coming to market, pretty much that just means exiting preview. Microsoft has been doing um, community technical previews for... I want to say eight to nine months. They've been doing stuff um, very, very quickly. And so a question came, came in to the chat room. It says, Brad, is 10240 RTM final? Technically, there is no final at this point. When you think of Windows, like we were talking earlier, you really just got to understand that Windows is a service now. It's no longer this static piece that just sits there. Microsoft has the capability to update the builds whenever they want. Now, there's certain caveats. They can't go crazy with this stuff. But the idea of being final, I mean, just think of this. So is it? can you consider it final when we know that in October there's going to be a Threshold 2 update, which I'm starting to hear some rumors once I get a more concrete idea of what that's actually going to include. Um, so Threshold 2 is roughly in the October time frame. So is that final? Or are we talking Redstone? Is that final? It, there is no such thing as final anymore. And that's... that's um, unless you're meaning what it says there will be more builds before the 29th. Here's the thing. Uh, Microsoft never stops compiling, 
right? Um, actually, I know that there were a couple builds of Windows XP compiled recently. So just because they've pushed things out doesn't mean that Microsoft stops building the OS. And when I mean building, I mean compiling. They will, I'm pretty sure they're still compiling builds daily. Um, if you mean for insiders, that um, that's a good question. It wouldn't surprise me if we see more builds, but I don't know if the build number is going to jump. They've actually compiled a couple other builds um, under the 240 branch with modifications. So <laughs> if we move, we get the messaging app for Windows 10 is what somebody asked. But anyways, here, I want to hit on something because I, I really think this is important about the Windows 10 review that is coming up. So Windows 10 reviews are going to happen um, in the future. And here's the thing with a Windows 10 review. There's two ways of taking the approach of, of writing a review and let you inside the world of how you construct these things. You can go for the marathon review, which is 10,000 words, um, you know, coinciding with Windows 10. And those to me are really frustrating because at some point you just get to the point where you're just regurgitating features, right? And that's not what, in my opinion, reviews. I like to try to take a narrative approach, which is saying, hey, this is how I'm using it. This is what's going on. This is what's new. This is how it works. Um, but Windows 10 reviews, but more so than just the upcoming re review, Technically, to review Windows 10, you can't do it until, let's just say, about December. And if you're saying, why can't I review Windows 10 until December? Because Windows 10 is not just a desktop OS. Windows 10 is a phone OS. Windows 10 is a tablet OS. Windows 10 works on your Xbox, too. So when you, when you read these reviews of Windows 10, and you have to understand that this is one component of the ecosystem. Um, so just keep in mind... Windows 10 is not complete as an ecosystem play until it's on everything. And that includes Cortana, and that includes all the features. So when I sat down, and I've, I've sat down to write the Windows 10, or at least started about three times now. And it's a really a daunting process reviewing a software platform like Windows 10, because there's so much to talk about that you don't want to dull the writing down to say okay if you right mouse click on the start you can shrink all this stuff but at the same time you need to convey that this OS is just highly customizable to what the user needs just like any other version of Windows really at the end of the day but Microsoft is giving us some new UI elements that we can change around but the other part of Windows 10 reviewing is trying to convince the consumer that uh, Cortana and I'll have again more on this how how Cortana is such an integral part of the OS and how do you introduce a consumer who may have a smartphone, may not have a smartphone to use this personal digital assistant. Now Microsoft has done a pretty good job of easing into Cortana use, right? They, they built it into the search. So when you're searching, you're, you're starting to use Cortana. Um, then they have the privacy issue that they have to overcome. Then they have to come over just the fact that it's taking up so much space on the taskbar initially. So just kind of think about that for a minute, about how Microsoft needs to introduce Cortana to the user. Don't And, and to say, well, Brad, they already have with Windows Phone, that, that's not a relevant analogy or comparison because Windows Phone has 3%, and that 3% gets nowhere near the billion users Microsoft wants to have in the next three years, which they will hit. If they do not, if Microsoft does not hit a billion users in the next three years, they are in some serious trouble. So just kind of just start thinking about that. If you have any good ideas, I'd, I'd love to hear them, how Microsoft should introduce Cortana to the consumer. But 
it's an interesting issue because they haven't really had this problem. On a phone, it makes it's much easier per se. But on a desktop, it's totally different. Don't get me wrong, I use Cortana quite a bit on the desktop, primarily for reminders. Um, I'm a huge alarm clock person, a huge user of reminders. Uh, those are kind of the big things that I use it for, but that they're, it's so much quicker to just say, hey, Cortana, remind me in 10 minutes to go check my lunch or uh, remind me at 5 p.m. to pick up my daughter from daycare. It, it's so much quicker to, to use that functionality. But how do you convince a consumer to start talking to their PC? It's, uh, we're used to talking to other people, but not to the computer, like the actual computer itself, other than some swearing and, and whatnot. So just kind of keep that stuff in mind as we go forward. And they are doing some tutorial stuff, but I think that Cortana is gonna be a very gradual introduction in Windows 10, because you're gonna already have um, the Windows 10 being loaded onto computers. So the consumer is already like, oh my gosh, what is, you know, why are all these colorful tiles and things happening on my taskbar? Why is my start bar now black? Um, what is, what the heck is this action center? And why do you want me talking to the computer? Those are all things that are going to start happening with the consumer. And I don't know what's, I don't know the outcome of this. I, I think, I think Windows 10 will do exceptionally well, but I think that there's going to be there's going to definitely be kind of a learning curve to it. But I don't know. Just keep it, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open too for the market to see what happens. We're only about two weeks away. Um, actually, a little what is today? 17. So we're a little under two weeks away from this rolling out, and it's the biggest release in Microsoft history. Um, fun fact for you: Windows 7 was the fastest selling OS. But now this is according to Microsoft, so take it with a grain of salt. They said that Windows 8 had the, the highest customer satisfaction rating of any OS with the caveat for the touch environment. The, the Microsoft told me this and I was like, oh my God, you guys gotta be kidding me. Um, because how many people actually bought Windows 8 for touch environment versus how many people are actually using it on the desktop. But anyway, so those are two little factoids about Windows 7 and Windows 8 along with the other issue that Microsoft pointed out at WPC this week is that uh, Alt-Tab is only used by 6%. 6% are only using Alt-Tab, and that's why they built that multitasking uh, or task switcher button, depending on which mode you're in, into the taskbar, which again is another new feature in the taskbar, which is a coveted space, Microsoft's terms, a coveted space by the user. So changing up the taskbar again with another new feature, which isn't bad, but it's new, it's different, and it, it's kind of this crazy idea of messing with people's home screen. So, anywho, that is Windows 10. Um, just kind of just rolling around here. So, also what happened this week was Microsoft held its partner conference in Orlando. Or, if anybody was down there, called it Hotlando because it was apparently um, excessively humid. And um, there's been a joke. I went to the one last year in Washington, D.C., and the kind of internal joke is that Microsoft always goes to places with cheap conference rates. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with saving money, but it usually means a hot location. So last year was in Washington, D.C., and it was like 90 degrees Fahrenheit, um, roughly 32 Celsius, roughly, for those of you who are on, the, uh, on that scale. Um, but what they did announce this week is that it's going to be in Toronto next year. 
So if you're in the Toronto region or um, you're looking to go to WPC that's not hot, it is a great place to actually try out. Um, but what what happened at WPC this week? Actually, not a whole lot. Um, Kevin Turner. Kevin Turner is a very interesting individual. Um, at the end of the day, he's Microsoft's head cheerleader is kind of the way I think of him because he's in head of charge of sales. He's the guy that goes on stage and gets everybody fired up. And generally what comes out of his mouth are a lot of big phrases of action items that sometimes don't always happen but one thing he did say and this is no surprise on stage is that the band 2 is in development and that will be coming this year now we'd heard rumors of what's going on with the band um that it was coming so just keep in mind that the band 2 is coming i don't have a uh, a good timeline on that but it was october i believe october of last year during game uh, i was during the world series it was probably one of the worst PR product announcement timelines I've ever seen come out of Microsoft. Um, it, was, it was a nightmare on my end trying to get information about it, but expect it to come out around that timeline. Um, if you're in the market for a band, it's, you're in a really tough area because there's not a lot known about what's going to change or exactly when it's going to arrive other than the fact that it is coming. So uh, there was actually, I believe it was in the UK, that the band started getting discounted, which is generally a sign of them trying to clear inventory. Um, because I can't imagine, I mean, technically, I guess they could have discounted it because the USD is gaining in value because of the Greek economy, but I don't believe it would have dropped by as much as it did. So anyways, just keep in mind that the Band 2 is on the horizon. Surface Pro 4 is on the horizon. We have new Lumia hardware on the, ri on the horizon, which kind of paints the picture of Microsoft as this software company who's releasing a bunch of hardware. So just keep that in mind that Microsoft is now not really a software company anymore. Oh, the other thing they announced that they kind of hid at WPC this week is the Surface Hub has been delayed and their logic is completely ridiculous about what happened here. So during the blog post, uh, Microsoft said that they're increasing their partners for Surface and whatnot and that they've had really strong demand for the Surface Hub. So much strong demand that they are not gonna start shipping them in September, which makes absolutely no sense. Because if you think about it, they started July 1st saying, okay, you know what, we're going to ship September 1st. Uh, we got to start building these things. So unless Microsoft deconstructed their entire production line to um, make more Surface Hubs, which doesn't make sense, I don't understand how it's actually been delayed because of more volume. It w in, logically speaking, that if you ordered it July 1st and then somebody else ordered it July 22nd, they're not, they may not get it September 1st. Obviously, the guy who ordered it first should get it first, and they just, you know, it's called back ordering. But Microsoft did not use those terms. They said, um, no, we're just going to delay it. So, anywho, the Surface Hub is a really cool thing. I'm a, I'm a big fan of these guys. Um, just because they're literally 84 inches, and I'm trying to figure out how to do an uncrating, um, you know, a modern modern version, that's Microsoft lingo, just an unboxing of these things, because they're really, really cool, and I'd like to see what they actually ship, and I'm assuming it's a large crate, considering they're 300 pounds. But anyways, so that's been the world of Windows this week. It's been, again, another crazy week. I think next week is going to be uh, a little bit insane, and then obviously the end of the month, is absolutely nuts when it comes to 
to come come comes to the Windows world, right? Because they're launching this Windows 10 right before back to school season, and then they're going to ramp up for hopefully some hardware announcements. There's IFA coming up. Uh, Microsoft has already said that there's going to be some exciting new hardware. Of course, I think they have to say that, and hopefully that includes their own hardware. There's going to be new phones. So I think the second half of the year um, could be defined by hardware. The first half of the year was really just software, right? They're talking about Windows 10, talking about Windows Phone. Now, there will be Windows Phone OS released, but I think the second half of Microsoft's year is going to be the hardware segment for them. And so... That has been the week of Windows. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. If you have any feedback, I got a lot of good feedback last time, and I'm trying to you know, incorporate everything, get it into all the right podcast apps. Admittedly, I am a um, casual when it comes to creating podcast links and all that stuff into all the different apps, but I will work on that, and I appreciate everybody who has listened in, and this has been the Redmond Report for the week of July 17th.